0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. LaCharles Bentley starred at St. Ignatius High School. He was an All-American at Ohio State, and he was a multiple-time Pro Bowl lineman with the New Orleans Saints. And after signing a free agent contract with his home team, the Cleveland Browns, in 2006, LaCharles' career was cut short when he tore his patellar tendon on the first play of 11-on-11 drills in training camp day one of 2006. Subsequent surgeries and a staff infection sabotaged any kind of a comeback, and Bentley just never got the chance to play for his hometown team. So he established O-line performance. The facility was the first in the world, a brick and mortar complex, to have invitation-only training, a training club designed specifically for NFL offensive linemen. Bentley has established a player representation agency, a media company, and on top of that, he was named an NFL senior advisor on player performance and safety back in 2021. He's juggling a lot of balls. And now he has come full circle. He joined the football staff at St. Ignatius High School, and he will coach the offensive lineman. no reach there, and he will serve as the director of football operations on Ryan Franzinger's staff. This is all in the post Chuck Kyle era at the school on Lorraine Avenue. We spoke of many issues from his high school days to his NFL departure, which he contends was instrumental in him leading the kind of quote take charge end quote life that he leads today. But first, Since 2015, the Cooper Foundation has been helping children and young adults with special needs in Northeast Ohio. They are providing assistance for items that these individuals need. Sometimes, you just need a helping hand. For more information, go to thecoopfoundation.com. Now, on to LaCharles Bentley.
1: LeCharles, back where it started. <laughs> what is going on with it? St. <laughs> Ignatius, yeah. uh, assistant coach, mm-hmm. offensive line coach, director of football development. Correct. What's the feeling
2: like? It's a little bit surreal. You know, I to bet. be with you, it's a bit surreal. Uh, to, well, first of all, more surreal because I did not want to go to St. Ignatius High School. I didn't want to be there. What was your choice in the early days? It was either going to be East High okay. or Glenville. I live in that area. So those are the choices that I wanted. Uh, my mother, of course, being the brilliant woman that she was, understood <laughs> that my foresight wasn't where it needed to be at the time. So she actually <laughs> chose uh, for me to be at Ignatius. And, you know, the irony of all of that is when I got here for our admissions test, I tried to fail it. You know, I went through and just filled it out A, B, C, A, B, A, D and just kind of randomly put filled in the bubbles. And I ended up with a pretty decent score (laughs) by accident. And uh, long story short, it was the best decision that was ever made. And here I am now, my life has come full circle and I can't be more excited, more proud to, uh, to be back to be back home in that yeah. regard, for sure.
1: Well, it's kind of cool, too, because you're you're coming in with a new staff. We all know that the legend has moved on, Chuck Kyle. You played for Chuck Kyle. So many great players came out of Ignatius and played for him. Uh, but it's a new beginning, kind of. You still have the, the Ignatius DNA is there, mm-hmm. but
2: uh, you've, you've got Coach Franziger to work with. Coach Franziger has been beyond enjoyable to work with. And you know, I think for me on a personal level, I've had opportunities to coach at Every level of football, yeah. And I've never wanted to do it. You know, I've always enjoyed my freedom, and more so, I have not been one that's been, I guess you could say, uh, fond of coaches. Okay. You know, I think that our culture at times and that of the comes game, because why? why? Just my experiences uh, inside of the game as a player. Okay. Uh, my experience outside of the game in in the world that I live in, as I guess you could say, a servant or a custodial of of the game itself. You know i just have a very difficult time embracing our culture okay. within the game uh and with that said i had never aligned myself with a specific coach because for me the the zenith of what a coach should be is jim trestle okay that to me no is you played one year with one him. year and that's you, all it took cooper, was one year trestle. correct that three years with john cooper and one year with jim trestle at Ohio state and jim trestle He's not just a great football coach, he was a transformational person. And that to me became the ideal of what a head coach or a football coach should be. And so beyond that, every coach in my life outside of Coach Kyle has fallen short of that expectation. Gotcha. So now with all that coming full circle with Ryan Franziger, to me, he is the embodiment of what the next generation of transformational head coaches should be. Coach Kyle is part of that, uh, the old school. Gotcha. Uh, when I say old school, I don't mean antiquated in the way that uh, we may think of it. But he is the coach that you wanted to play for. He was a transformational person, a transformational coach. He's changed my life and so many other players' lives. And he was the the zenith of what a head coach should be. Gotcha. But times change and, and things evolve. As we talked about, um, I guess you can say off air, you know, we <laughs> you, you have to know when to – turn the compost over it is still from you yes and ryan franziger he is what as this game is evolving as the game is going into a different generation and players are evolving and just the whole landscape of what our game has become is shifting ryan franziger is the next generation of transformational coaches and i'm honored and proud to be a part of his staff
1: well you guys do have uh, an uphill climb uh you know your your big rivals have kind of uh, grabbed a hold of Uh, the mantle of being the top team in the area and the state and of course I'm referring to St. Edward and uh, they've they've done a great job they just won the uh, back-to-back state titles so what are the first steps first couple of steps Uh, is it is it a process or can you just bam be right back in the thick of it
2: well, I'm not sure if you can be right back in the thick of it with just a flick of the wrist or a flick of the fingers, but I will say this, that you know, the DNA of the Nations High School is excellence. And it's not just excellence on the football field, it's excellence off the field, it's excellence in the classroom, it's excellence in the community. We are about excellence. And with all that being said, it's rediscovering your DNA. I think that at times it's easy for these younger athletes to forget where they come from gotcha. and not really understand where you come from i see it at ohio state i see the schools like notre dame i see all these programs that have so much pageantry and tradition uh built around who they are that it's easy to forget that you know what you are is uh excellence and that's who we are at ignatius and i feel that in time we will rediscover who we are we will get back to our core dna does that mean that things have to abruptly change not at all uh I think just shifting the culture and just slowly taking those steps is just to show the kids, you know, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be a part of this particular school if you weren't founded upon excellence. Mm -hmm. It's just just getting the athletes to believe that. And that to me is a little bit of a unique challenge, partly because they're so inundated with everyone else's opinions of who they are. So going back to what I was saying about, uh, Coach Kyle and that, that old school way. And at times you have to kind of shift into a different generation or a different era of how we're thinking. Uh, Ryan Franziger understands that he understands that, you know, these kids, how do you say it in a very polite way? You know, (laughs) they, they have so many opinions about how they should think who they are, uh, who are who they are supposed to align themselves with mm-hmm. uh, through social media, their peers, and things of that nature. That it's easy to forget. It's overstimulate, man. Yeah, yeah, You get overstimulated and you lose sight of what you are as a person. And you get told all the time that you should be this, and you should look like this, and you should be a five-star recruit and not a two-star recruit. And you should be six foot seven, three fifteen, as a sixteen-year-old high school kid. Like, no, you don't have to be that. Gotcha. But to me, that is what makes it a, a a little bit unique is understanding the landscape in which you have to coach and develop athletes in today.
1: And the, and and that landscape changes. It's almost like you like you're mm-hmm. walking down the street and the and and the cars are moving and they're blocking your way and so you step to the side and here comes someone on a scooter. It's, exactly. it's always, it's always changing and you've had to deal with that. You've mm-hmm. had your career derailed. Yes. Uh you had, you know, obviously an incredibly promising career couple of times a pro bowler with the Saints, you come to your hometown and you have the devastating uh, injury your first day of camp. How do you process getting through something like that? And I'm sure it's part of why you're standing here today, mm-hmm. the man that you are.
2: Well, I think prayer is the most effective way uh, to get mm-hmm. through it, and it was the most effective way for uh, me to navigate that process. You know, it's a, it was a unique circumstance, and I've said this over and over again, but I just feel like it was the best thing to happen to me. You know, God has a very unique way. Like, like right now, like, think about this. Sure. You know, people can't see where we are. But we're right here, right across from the West Side Market, yep. and I'm talking to you. And I grew up watching you. <laughs> like literally, I grew up, uh, Big Chuck and Little John, and and the gorilla going up the Fox 8 building, right? Like I grew up watching this and and being a part of. Uh, just the the DNA of what this city is all about, and you're a part of that DNA. And to be able to sit here right across the West Side Market, where I would get dropped off coming from the East, East yeah. Side,
1: catching the third bus. We're two blocks from St. Ignatius
2: High School. It, it, it's just a surreal feeling, and if I can go back and, and change anything, I wouldn't do it. I would not go back and and, and have my career end the way that I wanted it to end and end it the way that it was supposed to end. And if it didn't end that way, you and I would not be here talking today. Uh, So I'm very fortunate in that regard to have had to navigate unique circumstances and experiences, and be surrounded by very good people, and have the an opportunity now to sit here today and talk to you.
1: Well, it's kind, of, and it's great to be chatting with you. We we had a nice uh, couple of cups of coffee and, and and shot the breeze before we started rolling here. And you know, you come from the big setback, and your football career ends that that was kind of that that then started kind of like the experimentation part of your life to see what you want what you would be challenged by and you kind of veered once you were out of the media you kind of veered into techniques for offensive alignment yeah and nobody was really thinking in those terms why were you why did that come upon you and and how important is it
2: that's a great question selfishly i wanted to be able to get myself back to a level of playing and i think not think I know physically just from like a biomechanics perspective my body wasn't the same so I had to unlearn some habits and begin to relearn and reestablish uh, some movement patterns but what I understood or learned at that time was that you know movement uh is universal it doesn't matter the sport it doesn't matter uh you know, how you want to break it down in terms of position specific techniques at the end of the day movement is movement and for me i had to learn how to move my body again and i spent a lot of time uh, with uh, with track coaches, Olympic level track coaches and different biomechanics experts and understanding how to recreate myself from a principle-based approach. Okay. Not from a ideological understanding of, well, you know, you're supposed to do it, I'm not gonna say a coach's name, but just call him John Smith. John Smith's technique and Jim Smith's technique and Joe Smith's technique. Like, no, it's not about what you believe, it's about how the body is supposed to function. So with all that being said, I spent some time studying film and watching former great players like Demani Dawson, Dwight Stevenson, Larry Allen, and just understanding from a technical perspective. Yeah, these are different positions; they're different body types; they're different errors. However, the way that they played, and as it relates to the way that they move their bodies, it's all universal. And so with that, I then began to uh, to understand more of the technical aspect of this game it's just just too rooted in people's opinions and opinions have never blocked anyone uh technique is, is a way to express an opinion but at the end of the day you have to be able to get an athlete to move effectively and once you can do that and then everything else can kind of build upon that so that was the first step and that's really was the the impetus of driving me towards uh I guess you could say that that learning aspect of how to begin to become a teacher inside of this game and not just someone with another opinion a former player take take the helmet off and I want to tell athletes well you need to do it this way well you know what not everybody could have done it the way that I did it mm-hmm. but I do know this everyone can learn how to move their bodies more effectively regardless of you being six seven three fifteen of the sixteen year old or a six foot six foot two hundred pound center uh there's a sophomore just trying to become the best sophomore JV backup that you can be. Like we can all learn how to be the become the best version of ourselves. And I just that's what that's what drove me. And selfishly as I said, it was for myself. Yeah. <laughs> but I realized that God had a different plan. And uh I ended up starting my first business out here in Avon. And I wanted to work only with high school kids. and That was
1: basically it, the first brick-and-mortar offensive yep. line
2: coaching technique type of a place. And I got laughed at. I got laughed at a lot, you know, uh, because it was so... <sighs> I guess you can say unique that at that time that it. What was you know, the
1: resistance? That it's offensive line. Get big guys, strong guys. What's right. your
2: Right. That that was that was the resistance. <laughs> that you know it, it doesn't take that much and it's not that complicated. Just get big guys, get them strong, and <laughs> they can go play. Well, that's not how I believed, and that's not how I approached it. But nonetheless, a lot of the resistance I think came because I was I was very naive to how territorial coaches were Gotcha. and a lot of that I understand now being on this side of the fence and having years of seeing it from uh, the coach's perspective I totally understand why so many coaches are territorial because there are many people out here that don't know what the hell they're talking about and you have to be mindful of who's in your coach who's in your players ear so I assumed that I would have a little bit more grace uh, because of my experience, my relationship in the, in the community, but that wasn't the case, and the business struggled for the first six months or so, and uh, I couldn't get people into the building. I quickly had to reestablish um, my game plan, and again, that was the, a blessing for me, and over the years, I began to shift away from the high school aspect and began to just focus on... Incoming collegiate uh, NFL rookies. there were collegiate seniors or outgoing seniors, NFL eligible players, and started getting guys that I knew were not going to get drafted, and I did not want a guy that was going to get drafted. I wanted players that really, you had no choice but to listen to me. Gotcha. And uh, I would have those players come out, and I would Clothe them, I would feed them, I would take care of them, and it was all on my dime. You wanted a lump of clay. I wanted a lump of clay, and I wouldn't want anybody to bother my lump of clay. I didn't want agents around, I didn't want your business manager around, I didn't want your financial person. I wanted just the lump of clay to do what I felt that I could do with an athlete, not just from the developmental side on the field, but molding the person. Mm. Uh, through my experiences. And with that said, I was able to grow my business at that point to about 25 or so uh, clients that were 100% bought into what I was uh, teaching and what I believed in. And eventually I moved the business from here to Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I've been out there now, I think, for 10 years, 10, 11 years out there. And it just continued to grow. Now it's turned into a sports agency. We represent about 30 players. Uh, it's, it's turned into an equipment company. I designed equipment. I think I have five or four or five patents uh, right now, and we sell equipment all over the country and all over the world. In fact. And When you
1: say equipment, you're talking about maybe devices that help you train better. Correct. Not necessarily a better helmet or no, a better No, no, football pack. We're talking about effective mm-hmm. means to be a better trainer
2: correct a better your- coach a better athlete they're just developmental tools that you know in time you kind of start tinkering with ideas and that then spawn its own business and then you start creating content because you realize that you know you can only be so many places at one time and you can't be everything to everyone that's one thing i've had to learn so you know what i started to do was create content and that that kind of developed to his own media company and uh, the website and subscribers and things of that nature. So, uh, all that being said, it's uh, this entire process allowed me to explore different challenges uh, in my life and more so different components of who I am as a person. I'm a pretty damn complex person, and I think now that I'm talking through it uh, with you, I've realized that. should be your psychologist. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'm a pretty complicated person, yet I'm very simple, but. You know, there are a lot of things that go on in my head. Give me a distinction
1: between the complicated aspect and the simple aspect.
2: You know, life to me is easy. You know, my mother used to always say, "You're never wrong for doing right by people." So that's the way that I kind of approach things is just treat people the right way. Uh, But as it relates to who I am and what are my motivations and uh, what, at the end of the day, drives me and makes me happy, it's a myriad of components, and that's the thing that's reflected in how I do business. You know. With that said, so I, I I love the player development side of it, but I also love the business and the entrepreneurial side of it. Uh, I love working with high school athletes, but I also love navigating and managing the careers of professional athletes. I love international travel and seeing the game grow abroad and the health and safety aspect of it. So there's so many components that are fulfilling to me, Yeah. but at the end of the day, the foundation, the simple side of it is serving the game and serving athletes. I really just... It makes me happy to see people have their dreams come true. It makes me happy to see people that were told that they were not good enough or they aren't enough as a person end up becoming the best version of themselves. That makes me happy, which goes back to what my mother taught me. You, it's never you're never wrong for doing right by people. So I'm driven by people. Mm-hmm. I love to see, but I love to see the right people with the right, spirit uh achieve the things that they were not even able or or capable of conceiving in their own minds that they were able to achieve or more so what when people tell them they can't do something they can do it and that 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 makes me happy it really does and so many different areas of my life i've been able to kind of cobble that reality together and uh i think at the end of the day i realize how blessed i am because you know Nowadays, it's hard being a kid. Uh, life isn't exactly easy for anybody, and I just realized how fortunate I am to have overcome the things that I have and where God has me right now. I wake up every day, and I do what makes me happy. Uh, I have healthy kids. Uh, I have a good life. I'm surrounded by people that I trust, which is hard <laughs> to find. Yes, it is. And I'm just in a very unique and special season. And I'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it and whatever i can do to serve and continue to serve i'm going to continue to do it
1: well it's kind of cool too that you uh uh, a year or so back uh got involved with the shield with the the Mm -hmm. nfl Mm -hmm. and has that uh distinction that job uh title that you got has that changed in any way what exactly does that entail now as you as you continue on your life's path
2: yeah it's actually fit right into everything that i wanted to do and it allows me to do it at the highest level and uh with the national football league it's it's a business but i've learned that it's not just a business uh for everyone inside of national football league there are some people that truly care about the game and care about players and I think at times in any any business, that focus can get lost and get muddled a bit. However, the reason that I love being a part of it is because I'm able to serve and work under people that, get it they care about players they care about player safety they click care about player health they care about growth in the game they care about young girls having opportunities to play this game as well they care about that and that to me goes back to you're never wrong for doing right by people and with that it just allows me to explore other elements of myself. Uh, at a very high level and see just how far your reach can truly go. Yes, I can go right down the street and work with the kids at Ignatius and many of these kids are going to go on to be successful adults which you've had an opportunity to plant seeds in their life but as it relates to growth of the game and being able to scale uh, your passion and what you believe, the NFL is the way to do it. You know yeah. Their messaging and, and their their the, the impact that, that it has on a global level is just surreal and i'm learning more and more about the business side of it each and every day and it still just blows my mind uh but i love it it's uh that element of my life is it's a little complicated at times to navigate it because you this is really the first time for me outside of being an athlete that you're working on a team you know where i'm not i'm not the captain yeah i'm not in charge with with
1: your with your o-line place and all those other things that's your enterprise you
2: know i i can i don't like this i change it and it changes today but with a ship this big learning patience and understanding how to communicate and understanding how to work with people and just believing in that process that's a skill set that yeah. i've had to acquire over the last several years and i've gotten better at it now my patience has certainly increased because i get it i understand that you know not everyone is always pulling in the same direction but we always somehow end up where we're supposed to be yeah and it can get a little bit complicated at times to get there but at the end of the day you're going to end up where you're supposed to be no, I can't just fire off an email and say, change this. Uh, But I would love to be able to do that, but I can't. Uh, But even there are many people that are in much higher positions that you don't have that luxury. There's a process to it. And to me, that's the beauty of working on and being a part of a very high-level team that you have your role and your job each and every day is to be the best version of yourself and let that be what it's going to be.
1: This is so crazy to not just discover this because I've known you a long time, but you are your own man, but yet you played in a sport that depended on 10 other people every time you are out on the field. Now you're a coach with many kids that you're coaching. And then also you're involved with the NFL. Um, you're involved with this giant enterprise. Um, so in your DNA, was that teamwork was there all the time. Maybe it was abrasive to you at times. Yes, perhaps?
2: most certainly. And okay. again, going back to the complexity of me as a person, uh, I've had to grow. I've had to grow and evolve, evolve as a person. And many of my experiences, has it's refined me. And okay. in many cases, some may believe that certain experiences that I've had, it, it breaks your spirit. But it's only done nothing but make me... Better in a very surreal uh, way but uh, what's interesting is each season of my life the season prior to the season I'm in I'm being prepared for it you know I spent a lot of time in business managing my own employees and building what uh, I envisioned my businesses to be and then now through that phase of my life I learned how to lead but then now I'm moving to another season of my life, where now you're working at the highest level in the world and in business, and now you have to learn how to follow. But the foundation of being a good follower is being a good leader, and vice versa. So I've now been prepared for many of the challenges that I face uh, at this level and at this season of my life. I've been pre- I've been prepared for them. Whereas maybe five years ago, <laughs> <laughs> look. <laughs> This cargo line, it's a big car, it's a big car, right? It's big uh, right, it's uh, maybe five years ago, I wasn't ready to be in some of these high level meetings. I, I, five years ago, I would say that I wasn't ready to be in the role that I'm in, at Ignatius. Wow, you know, yeah. I wasn't ready for that. Uh, and here I am now, where you've been slowly prepared, and I think that's the beauty of just getting older and a little bit wiser and uh, and i just say more aware more mm-hmm. aware of who you are and more settled in who you are as a person and realizing that you know you're not perfect but each and every day you can just learn how to be the best version of yourself
1: Well, charles i think a lot of people would assume uh since you know you weren't unable to continue your career and you had the staff infections and all the mm-hmm. the uh, acrimony maybe that was part of the equation back then that you uh, despise the football team, but that's really not the case. Is no. It? You you, uh, you really want to see them do well. You're a nut, nut Cleveland Brown mm-hmm. follower like all the thousands and thousands of Browns fans.
2: I have no, I, have someone, I heard someone say to me, uh, you know, they were, we were having a conversation. They said, well, you know, I, I know you don't like the Browns. I said, whoa, like, who told you that? Well, well, well the, your experience said, look, my experience was unique. And I think what a lot of people don't understand is why I came back to Cleveland. Uh, I didn't come back to Cleveland to play for the Cleveland Browns. I came back to Cleveland to be a part of the Cleveland community and to help change the fortunes of the organization, which in turn was going to give the people of Cleveland something to be happier about. Uh, And it just so happened to be that the Cleveland Browns was the vessel to do that in my mind. However, <laughs> look at us now. Like, look at how life has worked itself out. But not to get too far off topic, I I have no issue with the the Cleveland Browns organization. Now, I do have issue with some fans. Uh, okay. I do have issue with some some fans. And the and I have to just understand a lot of people don't know what they don't know. And as fans, I feel that many. Your passion clouds your empathy, and you know I'm a human. And there was a time when I would sit at home and I was in the basement, with my leg all jacked up, and I would read cleveland.com, and you read the 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 uh, the. the the uh the comments. The comments. Stuff, you the, read that stuff, right? All the feedback. And the feedback the feedback, right? You you read that stuff and, you know, just some of the things that were said, it truly did bother me. And actually that's part of why I left and went to to Arizona. It had nothing to do with the organization. It had much to do with The fans, and the Cleveland fans. and Well, I wouldn't call all of the fans, but a a sect of the fans that were very vocal. Uh, You know, I heard so many nonsensical things that uh, it just did not speak to who I am as a person. And here I am at that time, believing that I was coming back to be a part of the city that raised me. But then I realized really quickly that, you know, I grew up in Cleveland. I grew up in Cleveland. I came back home because I grew up on Wade Park. East 95th, Wade Park. I came over here to St. Nations High School. Matter of fact, uh, my kindergarten was Hicks Montessori, which was right here behind the West Side Market. And uh, I, this is my home. But I realized many of the Browns fans, they aren't from Cleveland anyway. And many of those people that had so much to say, uh, they were not the people that I came back home for. It wasn't all the people on the west side, and the south. it was for Clevelanders. Those were the people that uh, I wanted to come back and do something special for. With all that being said, I've just now, you know, kind of uh, realized that people don't know what they don't know. And, you know, that phase of my life was very unique and I was in a very delicate place. But again, people see all oh, your money and this and that and that, that ain't got shit to do with it. It has nothing to do with humanity. And I was fucked up, excuse my French, but uh, I wasn't just in a very fucked up place. Uh, And I read some of the things and hear some of the things, even now, some of the rumors that you still just randomly hear like, really? That's what happened? Oh, I got hurt playing basketball? Really? I don't even like basketball, but... (laughs) I've seen your knee, (laughs) you know? You know, now I talk about it, it, kind of brings back some emotion. It's like, really, I got hurt playing basketball? If anybody really understands when you tear up a tendon it's torn. Yeah. You can't get up and go to practice the next day and just kind of fake your way through it. Uh, but just those rumors and the, the, the typical Cleveland nonsense, uh, and I don't mean to use foul language, but um, you know, now that we're sitting there talking about it, I just sure. it kind of brings back some of those emotions and some of the things that I was dealing with at the time that even still, now nah, I'm not all the way over. Uh, and I may or may not ever be, but I've just given myself enough grace uh, in space to understand that some people just don't know what they know. And although you may wear Cleveland Browns gear, it don't make you a fan. it don't make you a good person. This is what it is.
1: Yeah, and you, you follow the team. You want to see the team do well. Uh, on any given Sunday, are you actually watching the game
2: or you just kind of find out? I don't watch. I don't watch. I don't watch Browns games. I really watch football in general. Other than I mean, from, you're probably watching to see clients. Yes, and of I'm that watching nature. from a different perspective. Uh, I rarely watch um, Browns games. You know, other mm-hmm. than you know, if just the TV's on and locally it's it's on TV, I'll catch it every now and again. But I want to see the team do well. Uh, I want I want to see people in this city have something to cheer about because at the end of the day, the Indians can win, the Cavs can continue to be successful the way that they have been, but I know what this city is built on. And I understand what really at the end of the day drives the emotions and the passions of the people here. And it's what's happening at that stadium, what's happening on that football field. And as long as that continues to be what it is, uh i think it all have always have a little bit of a bitter taste in many people's mouth and rightfully so
1: yeah i would agree with that too because i mean it was so promising uh when you got signed when joe jervicious did mm-hmm. and and uh, Zasti came by the hunter yeah. you had all these cleveland kids and it was uh, the makings of a, a a great situation for you let's go one more question here and get you on the nfl path once again mm-hmm. um What's the future for this league? It just seems to whatever it wants to grow into, it it's able to because of our our amazing appetite that we have for football in this country.
2: I think the future of the game is more young girls playing it. To huh. be honest with you, you're gonna see many more uh, young 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 ladies, young girls involved in the game from the flag side. Uh, the league league has been very adamant about. The growth of the game through flag, uh, which is a bit ironic. However, we understand that that in order for the fan base to grow and, and continue to be what it is in terms of the business side of it, and more so the opportunity side of the game, you know, you have to have more young ladies involved in our game. It has to be very. It has to be an exclusive game. I think for so long it's been exclusive. Uh, we've seen the game be very exclusive. Uh, in many different phases uh, throughout time. Uh, But now we're just in a very unique space and seeing more and more young women involved in the game, which then leads to more opportunities uh, in coaching, more opportunities on the administrative side, more opportunities just in totality at all levels of football. I think we need to see more women strength coaches. We need to see uh, more women head coaches. We need to see more women involved with the game. And I think the, an effective way to do that is to have young girls growing up with an opportunity to play the game, then that then opens the door to further exploration into opportunities inside of the game. But when you leave young girls on a sideline, you leave them on a the sideline, not just from the performance side, but also the opportunity side. Because what do we always say? Well, did you play or did you have experience? You have yeah, this? Well, you know what? If you start having this influx of young girls have opportunities to be a part of our game, they discover different passions. Uh, all of a sudden, you kind of realize that, you know, these shoes, I don't like them. But you know what I can do? I can design a better shoe. You know what? This Gatorade is good. However, I may be able to change this and create a different formulation to create a better product. Or, or uh, you may realize that the jerseys may not fit the fit the way that you may want them to fit. Or you may realize that officiating may not be, or you may realize that you can call better plays, and you just create opportunities for young girls to explore different opportunities inside of the game. Why don't we have many more uh, opportunities down the road for female? General managers, head Uh, coaches—that to me is what the future of the game looks like. It looks very inclusive.
1: What a way to end it! Perfect stuff. Thanks, my friend. Appreciate you.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Awesome.
0: Thanks once again to LeCharles Bentley. He has always been a straight shooter. And I always do indeed appreciate his candor. St. Ignatius has 11 state football championships under the legendary coach Chuck Kyle. Bentley and, of course, the head coach Ryan Franzinger, they hope to steer some of the recent success that rival St. Edwards has enjoyed over to that campus on Lorraine Avenue where the Wildcats reside. Thanks, as always, to you for listening. And as usual, I encourage you to subscribe, rate or review Telich Talks wherever you get your podcasts and we will see you the next time on Telich Talks